Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is Panthers Insider, an in depth preview of the week. You shot, he scores! On the Florida Panthers Radio Network. Here's the voice of the Panthers, Doug Plagans. Good morning and welcome into another exciting edition of the Panthers Insider Show. Doug Plagans here with you as always on a Saturday morning talking all things Florida Panthers hockey. We've got another exciting show for you here today. and We've got lots to talk about because Thursday we had a lot of hockey. It was one game, but it was a lot of hockey. It was the sixth longest game in National Hockey League history. And the biggest thing, the Panthers got the W to start their best of seven Eastern Conference final series. That was back on Thursday going into the wee hours of Friday. The Panthers got a 3-2 overtime win. Matthew Kachuk had the game winner in that one. The Panthers' big guns getting on the board in that game as Kachuk, Alexander Barkov, and Carter Verhage scored in that one. We'll have the highlights from that game coming up here very shortly. We'll look back at Game 1. We've got some reaction post-game from Game 1 as well. Panthers head coach Paul Maurice, Kachuk, who I mentioned, Barkov, Sergei Bobrovsky, another gem in net from him. Ryan Lomberg also made his return to the Panthers lineup. We'll hear some sound from all of them coming up here in just a moment. They all spoke post-game in the wee hours of Friday morning following Thursday night's Game 1 win. The Panthers taking a 1-0 lead in the Eastern Conference Final over the Carolina Hurricanes. Coming up, segment number two, we'll talk to David Wilson from the Miami Herald. He's here on site covering the series. We'll get some local perspective from David. Coming up in segment number three, some national perspective. We'll talk to NHL Network's EJ Raddick. He's going to stop by, and uh, you can catch EJ Raddick and the whole crew throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Again, breaking it all down on NHL Network. So we'll talk to EJ coming up later on in the program as well. Lots to get to. Tonight, the Panthers will play the Carolina Hurricanes in Game 2 of this Eastern Conference Final Series. To keep it easy for you, every game of the series starts at 8 o'clock Eastern, so you can put that down on your calendar, wherever you keep track of things. Tonight's Game 2, the teams play every other night until the series is over. The uh, Game 3 will be coming up on Monday night at FLA Live Arena and Sunrise. Wednesday night will be Game 4 at FLA Live Arena. FloridaPanthers.com slash Playoff Central. Get all your Panthers 
playoff information, ticket information, it's all right there at FloridaPanthers.com, Playoff Central. So check that out if you're looking for information on anything pertaining to the Panthers in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Tonight's game two, puck drops at 8. 7.30, we're on the air with our network pregame show. At 7 o'clock, we'll have some extended bonus pregame, 7 to 7.30 on 560 WQAM in South Florida, our flagship home. We'll have that for you at 7.30, live across the Panthers radio network, whether you're tuned in on 92.1 Real Radio in the Palm Beaches, 12.30 The Gambler in the Palm Beaches, 100.3 Thunder Country down in the Florida Keys. We're on for you at 7.30. You can also listen to tonight's game on the NHL app, Sirius XM Channel 220, 9.32 on your Sirius XM app and streaming platforms. I know I just threw a lot at you, but a lot of places to listen to tonight's game too as the Panthers look to double their lead in the series. They have a 1-0 lead going into tonight's contest. Let's get into talking a little bit about the game back on Thursday night that went into Friday morning. It was game one of the Eastern Conference Final. Panthers got the win late in the fourth overtime, folks. That one ran late. Sixth longest game in the history, the long history of the National Hockey League. And you can feel it as the game was going on. We were getting into historical categories as far as that game was concerned. The previous longest game in Panthers history ended at 431 of the third overtime. So this one blew past that previous record. The game ended with 12.7 seconds left on the clock in the fourth overtime period. So let's get right into some of the highlights from that game first. Here are all three Panthers goals from that game one as they aired right here on the Florida Panthers Radio Network. Over the offensive line, Anthony Duclair. He'll swing one out front. Barkov left circle shot. Top shelf. He scores. Alexander Barkov. The captain ties it with 4:32 to go here in the second. It's 1-1. What a setup. What a finish as Barkov is able to put it upstairs, and the Panthers get this game tied up late in the second. Duclair behind the net, trying to center it back in front. Bounces far corner, and Duclair with it. Out of the right circle, is shot, and they score it. It's Carter Verhage who lets it rip out of the right circle, and the Panthers take a 2-1 lead with 2.17 to go here in the second. Good work on the end boards from Duclair. Verhage out of the right circle, lets it go, and just like that, the Panthers are in front. Ekblad dumps it in down to our right. Here's Brent Burns, keeps it to the outside. Sam Bennett keeps it in out front. Kachuk a shot. He scores! He scores! Matthew Kachuk, the overtime winner. The Panthers take game one, three, two, the final. Matthew Kachuk ends the marathon, and the Panthers go home happy tonight here in Raleigh. Matthew Kachuk, the overtime winner. 3-2 the final. The longest game in the history of both franchises. Into the top 10 longest games in National Hockey League history. And Matthew Kachuk gets it done. The overtime winner. 3-2 the final. And the Panthers take game one of the Eastern Conference Final. It was a long one, but the Panthers got the result they wanted. They took the game one of the Eastern Conference Final. Took a while, but they got it done, and the Panthers 3-2 in overtime. You heard Barkov, Verhegging Kachuk with the goals in that one. Some other stats that really jump off the page because that game ran so long. Brandon Montour played 57 minutes and 56 seconds in that one to lead all skaters. 66 shifts on the ice. Uh, he was plus three, led everybody in that game. Alexander Barkov took 55 face-offs 
in the game. Think about that one. Sergei Bobrovsky, uh, brilliant in net once again, picking up the win. Back-to-back wins with 50-plus saves for him going back to Game 5 of the Toronto series. So let's get into some reaction from that one. This all post-game from the uh, game on Thursday night. Here's Panthers head coach Paul Maurice on what it meant to get the win in a game like that. Panthers head coach Paul Maurice right there. Here's Matthew Kachuk post game. How it felt to score that overtime winner. Matthew Kachuk there, the overtime hero, talking about scoring that big goal, talking about uh, what it meant overall for the team to get that win. Here is Panthers captain Alexander Barkov. How it felt knowing that they had the win, had it wrapped up, and that they weren't going to have to go to a fifth overtime period. Yeah, it was kind of a little relief. Uh, but, yeah, it, we would have been going till whatever, whenever it would have ended so but it, it, it's always nice to get it as early as possible yeah I think it's gonna be like that every game they they play tight uh, hard game we do that too so it's gonna be whoever whoever works harder and we want to work out outwork out everyone and it was good good start for us Alexander Barkov right there talking about what it's going to take against this Carolina team as well moving forward, uh, the hard work that's going to be required because it's a Carolina team that certainly does that every single night that uh, certainly has a high battle level to him. Let's get to Ryan Lomberg, who made his return in that game one. He hadn't played since game four of the first round series against Boston, had been out with an injury. Here's Ryan Lomberg talking about how it felt going through those extended overtime periods. Yeah, you know, honestly, we, we were having a lot of fun out there. Um, you know, the, the longer it went, obviously, it, it got a little harder. Both teams, um, you know, were, were pl- pretty depleted, but, uh, you know, we're, we're confident in our conditioning and, and how we felt, and uh, you, we knew, you know, eventually that, that we'd get the bounce. We were joking around. It kind of felt like we didn't even know what number overtime we were on. You know, we were just out there playing, so um, hard, but, uh, but a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're ready to, uh, to rehydrate, get to bed, and do it again. Ryan Lumberg right there, and again getting back into the lineup after the uh, after the uh, being out since Game Four of the Boston series, returned for Game One of the Eastern Conference Final. Here is Sergey Bobrovsky, Panthers goaltender. Another big game for him. How did he maintain his game throughout the overtime?
Sergei Bobrovsky, and he's been red hot throughout these Stanley Cup playoffs. Another win for him last time out, and well, he was absolutely brilliant. Had some highlight reel saves in that one, and I thought some of the things that really stood out from Sergei Bobrovsky, it wasn't just the saves, but it was how calm he was throughout those pressure situations. So another big game for him the other night in Game 1. Panthers taking a 1-0 lead in the series into tonight's Game 2. Coming up next segment, we've got David Wilson from the Miami Herald here to stop by, and then we'll also get uh, some thoughts from EJ Raddick from NHL Network coming up in segment number 3. But David Wilson coming up on the other side of the break. We'll talk about Game 1. We'll look ahead to Game 2, get some local perspective. David Wilson from the Miami Herald joins us next. Doug Plagans here with with you, Dan Day on the other side of the glass, doing great work as always. Folks, we'll step aside, we'll come back. We've got more of the Panthers Insider Show up next on the Temp Check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Florida Panthers Radio Network. Let's get back to the Panthers Insider on the Florida Panthers Radio Network. Hey everybody, welcome back here on the Panthers Insider Show. Doug Plagans here with you as always. Coming up next segment, we've got EJ Raddick from NHL Network stopping by the show, so stick around for that. The Panthers, of course, coming off a Game 1 win in the Eastern Conference Final. It was a 3-2 quadruple overtime win a couple of nights ago, Thursday night, to open up the series. So the Panthers get what they were looking for, and that was a win on the road to start the series. They lead the Eastern Conference Final over Carolina one game to none. And joining me here to talk about that, he was at the game the other night. He'll be at the game tonight, which, by the way, it's an 8 o'clock start. Every game in the series is 8 Eastern, so keeping it easy for you there. We're on the air with Panthers Preview on the radio network at 7.30. Exclusive extended local Local pregame coverage begins on 560 WQAM in South Florida, our flagship home 
at 7 o'clock tonight. So we'll have that for you. But joining us from the Miami Herald, David Wilson stopping by. And Well, I guess first and foremost, David, looking at that game on Thursday, was there a point during it you mean where... Friday? Yes, early stages of Friday. Correct. Had to had to sit there. Had, had to, half of it Friday. <laughs> yes, half the half of the game was broken into two parts, two different days. But uh, looking back to, we'll just say game yes. one. Looking back to game one, was there a point during it where you started to think, okay, this is getting into historical category here with what's going on between these two teams? Yeah, I think anytime you hit what third. Three overtimes, that's when it kind of starts to feel... Because there's the double overtime games, right? The Panthers played one of those in, in 96, the game they lost the, the finals in. But I think once you hit three overtimes, it starts to feel uh, pretty pretty special. I mean, I remember watching like a Flyers-Leafs game, I think, when I was little. Like a uh, triple overtime game. Uh, I can't remember who scored the game winner in that. But, yeah, I mean, that's, people fall in love with hockey because of games like those, right? You get, your dad lets you stay up a little later and... Uh, Maybe you're up till 2 a.m. And it's one of the unique things that the Stanley Cup playoffs have that I guess the other sports don't necessarily have, and that's the fact that these games, in theory, can go on forever. And it felt like that one might have been going on forever at some point. But I think that's something else to look at. David Wilson, Miami Herald, here with us. In that game, sometimes when you get really deep into overtime, games slow down a lot. But in that game... There were chances throughout. The teams were pushing. The goaltender, if you liked goaltending, that was a game for you because Sergei Bobrovsky and Frederick Anderson put on a show. Those two teams were going for it the whole time. Yeah, I mean, those were the two best players on the ice. Uh, Sergei's been the best player on the ice for the Panthers now for about three weeks, maybe even longer at this point. Um, He was awesome last night. I mean, I don't know a lot about goaltending, but just watching him, it's like, it's almost like a robot there. Like, he's so mechanical and fluid going from post to post he had a couple i mean like it's hard to even recount the ridiculous saves he had but he had a couple in every period um and yeah like you said a lot of chances i mean both teams are really good defensively i think there were 38 block shots for florida 39 for carolina both teams did it like a lot of chances not a lot like clean in the slot necessarily though both teams like we're playing really hard until the end um you know a game like that I, i know the everyone said like it's just one game like it's game one of the series it probably won't affect too much but it's hard to lose a game like that because you don't know what game two is going to look like like it, it it's impossible to predict now what, what could, what's going to happen in game two and looking ahead to game two tonight of course it's going to be an eight o'clock face-off 7 30 network pregame seven o'clock local pregame 560 wqam tonight david wilson miami herald here with us and of course you look at the the game there on Thursday to open the series, turns into the marathon. Matthew Kachuk ends up cashing in there. Fitting that it was Matthew Kachuk that came up. And, and also looking at it, the Panthers' big guns got the goals. Yeah. Barkov, Verhege, Matthew Kachuk, 3-2 the final, and those are the three guys that uh, took care of business in, in one of the most difficult games of the season. Sort of a fitting end to it. Yeah, I mean, Kachuk obviously gets the goal, but the Barkov line was a monster uh for the first to the third period got away from the panthers i think it was 14 to 1 in scoring chances in favor of carolina um but through two periods i think that barkov line was like out shooting carolina carolina 13 to 1 and you know they're the the canes are throwing out that stall line against mm-hmm. him every time like every time pretty much um and it didn't matter barkov he's a vacuum in the middle of the ice duclair and verhage they've raved a lot about the way their defense has improved it was really really good last night a lot of like uh, neutral zone takeaways and stuff like that. 
Um, and then, yeah, they, they came up with, like, the one flurry. That's It's interesting because I think the way the pa- – like, you don't expect a game to go to uh, four overtimes, but I think the way that game went is sort of how the Panthers expect the series is going to go, where it's going to be not a lot of scoring. The margin was never bigger than one goal. Special teams are really important. Um, and the Panthers' advantage in this is – as good as the Hurricanes are, the Panthers' top-end talent is probably better than Carolina's. But you look at Kachuk, you look at Barkov, you know, their leading goal scorer had – or their leading point scorer had 71 points in the regular season. They're really balanced, but the Panthers have that top-end goal-scoring talent that I don't know if they have. David Wilson, Miami Herald here with us. David, the clutch gene that this Panthers team has really developed here, and I think going back in the second half of the year, when you're playing for your playoff lives, you start to get into big moments during the regular season, moments where you know how important the points are on a night-to-night basis. This full team, I mean, I know you've got uh, Matthew Kachuk's 100-point guy and you've got Mm -hmm. superstar guys, but you go up and down this lineup, there's nobody who shies away from yeah. the moment. Have you noticed that as a, a trait that this team's really yeah, taken definitely. on? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the best line in overtime was the fourth line, which makes sense in some ways, right, because they're playing fewer minutes in regulation. I mean, Lomberg maybe should have won the game three minutes into overtime. I mean, that's obviously a 50-50 call that goes against the Panthers. If that game's in Sunrise, probably goes for the Panthers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a weapon. I mean, we hadn't seen him in a couple of weeks because of his injury. Didn't play it all in round two. I mean, Eric Stahl was really good, too, as the center for that line. But, but Lomberg's a real weapon down there because he plays with that fourth-line attitude, but he's fast, and in overtime, he was, you know, I mean, we probably talk about Brandon Montour and how ridiculous he was. He was the fastest guy on the ice in overtime, but Brian Lomberg was probably the second-fastest guy on the ice by the end of that game, and that's a big weapon to have down on your fourth line. When you look ahead now to tonight, game two, and talked about it with a couple of people, but there's you know that there's a chance for marathon games in the playoffs you don't really know how you're going to handle it until you're in it there's no manual for how to navigate four overtimes Mm -hmm. and then how to come back from the next one i i gotta think that when you win the game it makes the recovery a little bit easier when you all of a sudden have taken one on the road and you have a lead in the series. But what do you look for and what do you expect now as these two teams gear up for game two tonight? Yeah, I don't, I don't mean it's impossible to predict what team is going to be like fresher, right, coming out of that game because it's never happened. Like neither of these teams have ever been through anything like this. I will say the one thing, the Panthers got like, I don't want to say they got stronger as the overtime went on, but I think they kept their legs better. You saw, I think at the end of regulation, they were like down 10 in shots. By the end of the game, it was down to like five. Like they mm-hmm. were, just, they got, and it, it stayed pretty much even through those first couple overtime periods. They gradually, and they tilted gradually, it in their kind favor. of tilted it in their yep. favor in the last two overtimes. Maybe that bodes well for Florida. David Wilson, Miami Herald, here with us. You ever cover anything like that before? Um, I remember once I was an intern for MLB.com covering the Mets. I covered an 18 inning uh, Mets Diamondbacks game on the Fourth of July. It was ran late to my barbecue that night it was warm out that day yes it was hot and uh, those games can uh, certainly go was this before the yeah, yeah, this was like 2012 or something oh. like that it was a weird game too i think kirk newenheis hit two home runs that's a that's a guy kirk and the newenheis. first time he's ever been mentioned on the panthers Probably. insider show to my knowledge <laughs> i 
think he hit two home runs in uh in the extra innings. It was like a weird, like a crazy game too, not just an eighteen inning boring marathon. Well, I had to. I have to believe that uh, it was exciting up there in uh, in the press box covering Game One of the Eastern Conference Final, and I know we can't wait to see you out there tonight for Game Two when we get geared up for this one. Uh, David Wilson, Miami Herald, here with us. Uh, David, tell everybody where they can find you on uh, the social media and everything else. Uh, follow me on Twitter at db wilson too. You might have also seen me know me from work such as Doug Plagan's Twitter feed. Um, and uh, check out MiamiHerald.com. we got coverage, obviously, of this Panthers run and this Heat run. And the way, I mean, we've written kind of a lot about the way they've intertwined also. It's been a, uh, a fun May, maybe into June in South Florida. And, and before we let you go, a thought on that. These two teams, considering the way they both got into the playoffs and then the teams that they knocked off early and now the runs they've gone on, uh, what can you say about just these two, these two playoff runs running side by side? Uh, I think Paul Maurice summed it up best, right, when he said the only better thing to do than coach or be part of one of these runs would be to own a sports bar. Uh, but, you know, uh, me and Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer, we wrote a combined story uh, ahead of Heat game one of the Heat series um, about the way these two, obviously the parallels between the eight seed, you know, they were both number one seeds last year, had kind of frustrating regular seasons. Knocking off teams with a pedigree yeah, in round and one. And then come in and knock off the favorite in round one, um, knock off maybe the biggest market in their sport in round two, right? And then, but the, it's not just that. I mean, we saw obviously Udonis Haslam was at the game there. We saw Matthew Kachuk wear, or sorry, uh, Jimmy Butler wearing a Matthew Kachuk jersey. I love how similar those two guys are, just like they play with that edge. And they both kind of showed, you know, Butler, this is now his fourth year in Miami, year one for Kachuk. But they both came to this team and kind of changed things. Like, this Panthers team was really good before he got here, too, but they play with, like, a different edge. In the same way that the Heat, I mean, they were not good when Jimmy Butler got here, but they transformed in the same way when he got here. So, um a lot of parallels, I think, between the two teams beyond just the eight seeds going on runs thing. And when the chips are down, Matthew wants the puck on his yeah, stick. Exactly. Jimmy wants the ball on his hands. So, uh, again, a good little parallel there. David Wilson, Miami Herald, thanks for stopping by as always. We'll see you at the arena tonight. Awesome. Thanks for having me. David Wilson, Miami Herald, kind enough to stop by. Check out all his work, MiamiHerald.com, and you can find him on Twitter as well. But uh, coming up next segment, we've got E.J. Raddick from the NHL Network. We'll talk about Game 1. Lots to talk about in relation to that. We've got Game 2 coming up tonight. It's going to be an 8 o'clock face-off, 7.30 Panthers preview across the uh, radio network on 560 WQAM. 7 o'clock we're on the air, so you can join us for that. In front of a live studio audience here, the uh, Panthers Insider Show coming to you from Raleigh, North Carolina this morning. Doug Plagans with you. Stick around. More of the Panthers Insider Show. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Next on the Florida Panthers Ready Network. Time for Laura the Panthers Insider on the Florida Panthers Radio Network. 
Hey everybody, welcome back here on the Panthers Insider Show. Doug Plagans here with you talking Panthers hockey as always, getting ready for Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Final. Tonight in Raleigh, we'll drop the puck at 8 o'clock. We'll be on the air with Panthers Preview across the radio network at 7.30. For our listeners in Miami-Dade and Broward counties on 560 WQAM, our flagship home, we'll be on the air with extended local pregame coverage beginning at 7 o'clock tonight. Kevin Rogers and I will have that for you, so be sure to join us this evening. We're on the air at 7 on 560 WQAM, 7.30 across the network, and then we'll drop the puck at 8 o'clock. If you're tuned in to the Palm Beaches on 92.1 Real Radio, 100.3 Thunder Country in the Florida Keys, the NHL app, Sirius XM 220, App and streaming 932, the free Odyssey app, wherever you're tuned in. We thank you very much for making Panthers hockey a part of your night. We'll be on the Earth Game 2 tonight when the Panthers look to double their series lead. They lead one game to none. That dramatic Game 1, the Panthers picking up a victory in quadruple overtime. Matthew Kachuk getting the job done last time out. We'll see if the Panthers can get a win again this evening. Cats fans, gear up for the Eastern Conference Final. Go to flateamshop.com to secure your Panthers playoff swag today. Hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and much more. Shop these exclusive items at flateamshop.com. Well, kind enough to stop by. I had a chance to catch up with EJ Raddick from NHL Network. Let's get right into that conversation. Well, EJ Raddick from NHL Network, kind enough to stop by to talk about the start of the Eastern Conference Final and what a start to this series that it was. And by the way, you can watch NHL Network's EJ Raddick, co-host of NHL now throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs, 4 o'clock Eastern, Monday through Friday. Well, EJ First of all, thanks for stopping by, and great to be able to talk with you about this one because you've been covering this sport for a long time. I guess plain and simple, first, thanks for stopping by. What was going through your mind as that game was going on, and what are your immediate reactions upon looking back at Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Final, which became one of those instant classic type of games? Yeah, I, I didn't, wasn't sure it was really ever going to end, to be honest with you. I mean, you, you have a feeling when you're watching long overtimes that, you know, you, you get a sense, you know, it's favoring somebody. And I thought that really as it went along, I thought Florida was getting the better of the chances. But it was a situation where you had both goaltenders playing absolutely out of their mind. I mean, Sergei Bobrovsky looked so dialed in right from the get-go. He has been locked and loaded now for the last several games since coming back from uh, the illness that kept him out for uh, a stretch of time. I think he didn't play in 24 days and came back in that first round and, and has taken off from there. But he just looked locked in. And then Freddie Anderson was the same. I mean, he made a number of game-saving stops throughout the overtime. So, uh, I thought the teams played very, very well defensively, considering you know the fatigue that was going on with the, both groups. I think there were, you know, there were there weren't really many mistakes in that regard. It was get the puck in, get the puck out. Teams were playing smart. The guys were competing in all areas of the ice. There was all kinds of puck battles uh, and all all over the place. And I really, I wouldn't have been. I mean, clearly, we almost got to another overtime. We were just but 12 seconds or so short of that. So um, it was one of those games as I've watched it, I was like, boy, this, this could go on even longer. And 
you know, in the end, it was a, a little bit of fatigue showing for Carolina. Um, you know, Slavin made it, just kind of chipped it off the wall in the neutral zone. Didn't look like a lot of purpose to that play. Uh, the puck gets dumped back in. Brent Burns, I think he thought about rimming the puck. Saw Cousins on the far wall. Probably didn't want to rim it too hard and ice it, give an offensive zone faceoff with, you know, eight, nine, ten seconds left in the period. And uh, reverses it to Slavin. Great play by Bennett. Seals the wall. Gets the puck. And then just a really soft area pass there to to Matt Kachuk, who makes a great play and a great shot. So it, it, it took that kind of play. A combination of, of, of a little bit of a mental lapse and then a great play by two and really three when you consider Cousins getting over there to the wall and not allowing for that to be such an easy option for Burns um, that end the game like that. But it was a it was a great game and a really great defensive struggle that was highlighted by the goaltending of both Bobrovsky and Anderson. E.J. Raddick, NHL Network, kind enough to stop by. You can catch him uh, weekdays at 4 o'clock NHL now throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, E.J., so many different subplots to look at from Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Final. Was there a, a number that jumped out off the page at you? I know it's always fun when the game ends. You can look back. Brandon Montour played over 57 minutes. Alexander Barkov took 55 face-offs in that game. Was there was there any number that jumped off the page at you or uh, any particular individual effort, aside from you mentioned the goalies, too? I mean, if you liked goaltending, then that was a game for you because Bobrovsky and Anderson were both brilliant in that one. But was there an individual individual stat figure number that really stuck out to you when that game ended well you know 143 face-offs in a game is something a little bit unusual right so that was one I thought you know Brent Burns unfortunately for him uh you know on the ice for that uh you know for that for that game deciding goal in, in a in a negative way obviously for Carolina but I mean 10 block shots mm-hmm. five hits and then 16 shot attempts for a guy in his late thirties and playing nearly 55 minutes is pretty significant. So um, I, I mean, there was just so many, you look at it, there were just so many numbers like that throughout the, you know, the box score afterwards. And that's what happens in games that go that long, that just the, the, the accumulation of numbers. I mean, uh, you know, Ratko Gudis, 12 hits for Ratko Gudis in the game is something significant as well. So, I mean, just a, a test for both of these groups. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, really, uh, Doug, it's a devastating loss for Carolina because, I mean, it's these kind of losses are devastating no matter, you know, what the circumstance when you have that much invested in one game. You know, you're trying to win four and that first one sets the, the, the table. Carolina's at home in this game. And if they lose, you know, losing that game now changes the dynamic of the series dramatically for them, puts them almost in a in a need to really need to win game two situation. Whereas Florida, if they had lost, I mean, you know, yeah, you lose that game, but it's a road game. You're right there. You get ready for the next game. I, I, I just think that for Carolina, and you could see it even on Rod Brindamore's face in the post game, you know, he knows the impact of that kind of loss. He said it's the worst kind of loss. So we'll see if the Canes can kind of uh, regroup with, uh, I guess it's less than 48 hours uh, in between these games. But uh, we'll see if the Canes can regroup because they certainly need to find a way to win game two and tie this series up. 
talking game one of the Eastern Conference Final going into game two. Doug Plagans here joined by NHL Network's EJ Raddick. You can catch him weekdays at 4 o'clock NHL now on NHL Network throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. And uh, and EJ, Sergei Bobrovsky, you mentioned him. We've talked about both goaltenders, and I tell you what, they were both absolutely brilliant in that one. But as these playoffs have gone along, Sergei's really turned into uh, quite a story as far as this Panthers team is concerned. When you look at the way that he's playing, does it look like Sergey's calmness, and I mentioned this during the broadcast, there were a couple of the big saves that Sergey made last night where it wasn't just the save that was impressive. I remarked on a couple of them. It was amazing how calm he appeared, and it seems like that's really reverberated throughout the entire Panthers group. Are, are you seeing some of that too? Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he's an experienced guy. He's a two-time Vesta Trophy winner, and uh, he's locked in right now. He's dialed. As the kids say, he is dialed. I mean, watching him, I just watched him in the crease. I mean, it looks like it's going to take an extraordinary effort to beat him, uh, you know, on a on a minute to minute basis there. I mean, think about the two goals that were scored against them in game number one. I mean, a play where where Seth Jarvis comes right down, you know, the middle of the ice. Perfect scoring uh, chance there. High slot. One timer off a low to high play, great play by Aho, great patience in a situation where it was the end of a five on three and it was still a manpower advantage for Carolina. So, you know, almost impossible to stop a good shot from there. And then another power play goal in the third period on a tic tac toe play that was just a great execution off the wall by the Carolina Hurricanes, near perfect execution. It, it seems like it has to be to beat Bobrovsky right now. I mean, I, I just think that uh, he is locked in and, uh, you know, maybe that break that where he did not play for those several weeks as Alex Lyon kind of took the, took the crease, uh, you know, maybe that has refreshed him, but boy, he looks as good as he's ever looked. And that's bad news for the Carolina Hurricanes. EJ Raddick, NHL Network, kind enough to stop by here. EJ on this playoff run, has there been a, a Panther in particular who's really stood out to you? I mean, you look across the lineup and you know that, you know, Matthew Kachuk's going to get his numbers and you know, Barkov's going to make an impact. And Carter Verhage obviously had the big regular season and has carried it on into the playoffs. Brandon Montour, the same thing, but it, it can be one of those guys. But is there another Panther in particular that has really caught your attention throughout this playoff run, whether it's a guy putting up the big numbers or maybe even a guy flying under the radar, but doing a lot of the things i'd have to say brandon montour just because i didn't realize how really good a skater he is i mean it's not just speed it's his his edge work his pivots his uh his handling the puck on on either side his forehand or the back or his backhand protects the puck well um jumps into the play at the right time i think it's terrific to see him with uh you know with with mark Stahl. i think that was a shrewd move by bill zito um, you know, it's a good pair. It's a good pair. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, you have Montour who has got that, uh, you know, that really strong offensive ability, great skater, as I mentioned. And you have someone like Mark Stahl, who's a veteran stay at home guy. It allows for Montour to jump in and, and to do all the things he does offensively. And Doug, you've seen it all year. I mean, for us as a, na you know, on a national stage, you know, we didn't get to see, you know, what Montour was was doing on a night to night basis. You saw the points, and he had a franchise record for defensemen, so that says a lot right there. 
But the departure of Mackenzie Weger opened the door for Brandon Montour to be much more of a factor in this team and have much more of a bite of things. And wow. I mean, I've been really, really impressed with Brandon Montour. And I mean, he only he had several opportunities to win the game in overtime last night. If it wasn't for Freddie Anderson being so darn good himself, I mean, he could have been the the winner. He could have got the winner. So, you know, at the end of the day, for me, I think Brandon Montour is the is the guy that's been, impressed me the most because I know, you know, Kachuk, we know, and some of the other forwards, you know, we know that how how good they are. Barkoff is a, just a terrific player, but. Brandon Montour has been kind of a revolution. Not that he's good. It's just how good he has become. And I mentioned it during the broadcast last night. He played almost an hour of the game, but it felt like in looking at guys from each side, and I was impressed by how much energy and how much jump there was, how much gas was still in the tank for these guys getting into those late stages, such a grueling game. But I thought Brandon Montour just, he seemed to even in, even into the fourth overtime seemed to just have a, a jump to him. And it was, uh, it was just really impressive to, uh, to see last night, EJ looking at a game like that too. I'm sure you noticed it, but on social media, you know, you hear from a lot of people. It seemed like a game like that, it just got everybody talking. Even people outside the hockey circles were keyed in on that. It's such a unique thing that hockey has. Games that can go on continuously, in theory, go on forever until somebody scores. But it seemed like you had an entire sports world that was just glued to that last night. Do you take a little pride? It's a little exciting as hockey fans, as people like us who follow this sport every single day, when you see a game like that just capture the attention, really, of the entire sports world as it's going on. Yeah, it, it's it's fun to see. I mean, there's no question about it. When you have games that go on like that into the wee hours in, in the East Coast, I mean, you're going to, you know, people are, it's a hard call for people, right? Because, you know, you get, you know, the real hockey fans and the people who do what we do, you're actually calling the game. So I give you full credit because you're there on your own going through seven periods of hockey. So great job by you, Doug. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's it's a little bit of a mixed bag because, you know, again, the, the hockey diehards are going to stay with it. Watch it. The the casual fan is you wonder, are they staying with it the whole game? And so you maybe you lose some people there because let's face it, people have to work. They can't stay up all night. There's other challenges in life. And, you know, I saw those four people uh, after the game in the stands. TNT, TNT had the camera on some of the fans and, you know, just how depressing that is. You know, you're, you have such an investment as a fan in the building. And your team loses in that manner after seven overtime periods. And I'm like, it's like 2 a.m. I mean, I'm in my apartment. I'm in my house. I mean, I'm sitting here in my office. Like, it's no impact for me. I just, you know, put my stuff away and go to bed. These people have to go to their cars and drive home. And I mean, like, you know, who knows what, what a commute is. So it's just got to be it's just got to be heartbreaking for for the people, the fans, the Canes fans that are there. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's you're definitely unique. You just don't see it in uh in the other sports and uh you know it's definitely a throwback uh to maybe a, a little bit of a different era but uh, it happens once in a while and i found it fascinating that keith jones was right there at ringside a guy who played in a five overtime game back in i think it was 2000 with pittsburgh and philadelphia so uh 
It, it was, it was, it's definitely one that we will all remember for sure. We certainly will. And uh, I guess one more two-parter before we get you out of here, EJ, and we thank you very much for stopping by to talk game one going into game two, EJ Raddick, NHL network, kind enough to stop by weekdays at four o'clock NHL. Now throughout the Stanley cup playoffs, you can catch EJ and the crew on NHL network, breaking it all down. But uh, EJ, you touched on it a little bit. Going into game two, it's going to be really interesting to see how each of these two teams come out, how each of them approach it, but both being really good teams, uh, both have been so consistent in their games. Do you expect it to look the same or do you, what do you expect when game two gets going coming off a game like that? Those a quadruple overtime, you know, that it can happen in the Stanley cup playoffs, but there's not really a manual for how to deal with it because you don't really know how you're going to handle it until you go through it. Yeah, there isn't. And you know, we won't know until Saturday night when they drop the puck exactly uh, how these teams are going to respond. Uh, I do think that uh, they're both well coached. They're both hardened groups. Uh, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes have been buzzing around the Stanley Cup playoffs for the last couple of years and trying to find their way. And they see this as a real opportunity for them. So they've got to just find a way to get that energy back in their game and, and try to get out, make some things happen five on five, get under Bobrovsky's skin. If you can get more traffic in front of him, it's going to take that kind of effort to beat him. But I think, you know, that's the thing, you know, when you look at the game, Carolina was not able to score five on five in that game. The only goals came as a result of power play opportunities. So they've got to find a way to get their five on five game going and be productive I don't. I thought Florida had really the energy advantage in for for long stretches of that game, and uh, Carolina is going to have to find a way to get their energy up to uh, to another level and get into the rhythm that they had in the third period, which was uh, really their best period of the hockey game when they really pushed. So, you know, that'll be the challenge. But you're absolutely right. There's no telling how guys come out of these kind of games and. We'll just have to wait and watch, and uh, we'll be tuned in on Saturday night when they drop the puck for Game 2 in Carolina. You can watch NHL Network's EJ Raddick, host of NHL Now, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. And EJ, thank you so much for stopping by here on the Panthers Insider Show. Great to be able to talk about uh, this instant classic game with you and uh, enjoy the rest of the series and the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. You got it, Doug. My pleasure. And uh, get some rest yourself. I'll do my best. Thank you very much, EJ. <laughs> All right. See ya. Huge thanks, EJ Raddick from NHL Network, for stopping by to talk about the Eastern Conference Final, specifically Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Final. No shortage of material as far as that game was concerned. That takes us up to the end of the program here today. It's the Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes tonight for Game 2. 8 o'clock puck drop series shifts Back to FLA Live Arena for an 8 o'clock start on Monday night for Game 3. Wednesday night, Game 4 in Sunrise. That keeps things easy. Every game of this series, as far as it goes, will start at 8 o'clock Eastern. So be sure to join us for all of it across the Panthers radio network. Big thanks, EJ Raddick, for stopping by this segment. That takes us to the end of the show. Folks, I'm Doug Plagans. We're on the air again at 7 o'clock across the, I should say, 7 o'clock on 560 W. QAM 7.30 across the radio network. 8 o'clock, the puck drops tonight for Game 2 between the Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm Doug Plagans. This has been the Florida Panthers Insider Show on the Florida Panthers Radio Network. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.